Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. We have an exciting show coming on today, Ryan. What are we going to talk about? We have a lot of stuff planned. Let me head over to the doc, just double check. But we're going to be talking about the $625 million crypto hack, biggest in crypto history, coming up here shortly. It was on Ronin's network of Axie Infinity. That's super interesting. We're also going to be talking about the merch drop from Board Ape Yacht Club. Azuki's are on fire right now. They did an airdrop as well. They did a little bit of an April Fool's joke. I thought it was funny. I wasn't sure if they were being serious about it when they airdropped dirt to all their holders, but it turns out it was an April Fool's joke and they're now called Beans. They also have Bobu NFTs. So something else we'll be looking into. Stay tuned for that. It's all coming up within the hour. Awesome. And we're going to be talking a little bit about crypto stocks as well, which should be exciting. Um, so yeah, drop a comment. Let us know what assets you guys are looking at today. First time ever doing stocks on Moonerbus. So drop a comment. Let us know. If you learned something, hit the like. Uh, and my mic is apparently not connected. Yeah, I can hear you okay, Logan. I can hear you okay through your laptop speaker, but it's picking up some of the office noise. It must be bussing down in the office right now. Yo, AT, can you um, turn on my mic for me real quick? Yeah, but I, I, I had myself in the, I had the feedback. I can hear myself for a sec. There it is. Hey, yo, I'm back. Everything sound okay? Yeah, you sound good now. All right. Awesome. 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 Um, should be good to go now. Let's run the clip. L- drop a comment. Let us know how you're doing. What headlines are, are going on in the crypto space today? Well, the biggest one from last week was the Ronin hack for $625 million. The hacker stole, I think it was like $20, $25 million of stable coins and then another like 175,000 Ethereum. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember it came out to $625 million, the biggest hack in crypto history. This one's really interesting too, because you can't really see all the details on chain. Apparently the hacker was able to get a hold of an API and hack the, the cross chain bridge. So Ronin Network, It actually works on its own blockchain because you're playing Axie Infinity. You don't want to be spending really expensive gas fees to play a game. So they have their own network called the Ronin Network. And you have to bridge your funds over from Ethereum's mainnet to Ronin Network to play Axie Infinity. And that's where it all went wrong. That's where it all went wrong and $625 million was vaporized out of thin air. Someone's really rich now, but hopefully they do give it back. I saw a tweet that they were actually depositing it onto FTX. Not sure how true that is, but if it is, they're probably not too good at laundering money and they'll get caught. Uh, I hope for Axie Infinity, they do recover this money though. It's a ton, it's a ton of money. I mean, closer to a billion dollars than than nothing. So, I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. a ton of money. 
uh, all gone from the network right now. They're trying to retrieve it. They're working with uh, authorities. So hopefully something comes out of this. But Logan, let's take a closer look on how this actually happened. If you go to the doc, you can see I linked a Twitter thread explaining how this hack occurred. We can go into it, maybe dive a little bit deeper into how someone was actually able to make $625 million from one crypto hack. All right, I'm pulling that up right now, Ryan. And one thing that I want to mention um, before we get into the nitty gritty is that this hack reminds me a lot of the Solana wormhole hack. Basically, what happened both times is they faked a validation signature on Solana and on the Ronin network. So these bridges that connect Ethereum, they have inherent security weaknesses, right? So if you want to have these more scalable blockchains uh, and take that liquidity from Ethereum, you have to use this bridge. There are some inherent risks with that. You know, creator of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin, pointed that out uh, a few months before uh, the Solana hack happened. Now we have these, this exact same thing on Axie. Basically, they're, they're tricking the network into thinking that they have the permission to access this bridge um, and, and take the money out of it, right? So that's the, the, that's my take. I'll pull up the, the Twitter thread now and maybe we can get a little bit into it. Um, but, it, I, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. I, I don't see this as, uh, you know, necessarily a, a bad thing or an awful thing. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that can be done to track the money, to prevent it from... Uh, you know, actually getting into the hands of the hacker, being able to use it. Um, but it, it points out the we need to be taking this security thing a little bit more seriously, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and Logan, so this kind of reminds me of a 51% attack in a sense too, because there's nine validators that actually validate this bridge. And the hacker was only only needed to take five of those wallets out of the nine right so mm -hmm. it's not super decentralized and that's why decentralization is so important for a blockchain network is when there's thousands of nodes across the world you would have to hack 51 percent at the same time to even have a chance at hacking the ledger stealing some funds in this case there were only nine so they needed to get five of them they were able to get four from an api i'm not quite sure how they got the last one to get five out of nine uh, i think all four of those validators that they stole at once were owned by sky mavis uh, so really interesting mm -hmm. stuff. I think we'll get some more info by reading this thread, though. Yeah, Ryan. So I, I think the big takeaway here is that uh, there weren't enough validators on the network. It was too easy to take control of the majority. This is what we've been talking about. Uh, you know, the idea of decentralization, how when it comes to blockchains, the number of validators, the amount of decentralization really, really does matter. Right. And this is kind of the proof in the pudding right here is that they had only nine validators and it took you only had to trick like five people to get this, you know, six hundred million dollars um, so that, you know, that's why we, you know, talk about and appreciate these networks like Ethereum and Bitcoin that have done significant work decentralizing their nodes, their validators in this process to prevent things like this from happening. Um, Ryan, I think that I went into Alexander's thread. Yeah, scroll Was up there any part of this that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think they give a pretty high level overview towards the top of the thread. We can maybe just go through the first few. They were still trying to figure it out. If you guys don't follow the smart contracts guy on Twitter, super fire Twitter account. They go over all these hacks, explain how they were done, as well as a lot of other really good content. So check them out if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, let's let's check out what their first tweet was. Uh, they explained that they only needed five of these keys out of the nine. I think they got four all at once. 
Uh, but I'm curious to know how they got the very last one to get up to five out of nine. So there was one bug that was in the program, uh, and then four of them came from uh, the Sky Mavis issue. And then I think one came from like a social engineering hack. That's what Alexander said in, in his thread. Um, I don't know how much more you really want to dive into this the, these technicals. Uh, I think, you know, the point here is that we need to pay attention to decentralization. Agreed. All right. Maybe Back it's to it. time to, to talk about something a little bit more fun than a cryptocurrency hack. Maybe the opposite of a cryptocurrency hack, a cryptocurrency airdrop. Money appearing out of thin air, apparently. Uh, but Azuki just did a couple airdrops. They did one for Bobu's and they did one for, do you remember Beans it's called, right? Maybe it's just Beans right now, but they're doing an art reveal soon for them. And Azuki's been going crazy from this. And we've seen this happen before, and now we're seeing it time and time again. I mean, we saw it with Board Ape Yacht Club probably first when they launched the Mutants. The floor price of the Board Apes went way higher, and then a ton of new people came into the community because they were able to get in at a lower price. So I think this was absolutely genius. I, I think we're going to see this a lot more. Do you think we'll see one from Doodles, though, Logan? Because that's what I'm hearing on Twitter a little bit. You know, there's rumors. I think it would be really smart of them. Most people can't afford a doodle at this point. They're like 15 to 20 Ethereum. Maybe maybe they need to do an airdrop, you know, benefit the holders a little bit and get some people in that could previously not afford it. I think it's always good to make your ecosystem more accessible. Um, but maybe doing something a little bit different is what I would look for. We've seen a lot of people copy the Board Ape model. Um, obviously it worked for them, but you know, I, I appreciate what Azuki did in, in kind of switching it up a little bit, right? They, they gave out this airdrop. Um, it was called what? Probably something the next mm -hmm. day on April fool's day revealed. It was called something the box opened and it was a pile of dirt, right? Uh, you know, if I was a holder of this pile of dirt, I would have been really mad and I would have sold it right away. But there were also people out there who thought it was funny and were buying it for that reason. When it revealed as a box of dirt, the floor price actually went up. Which blew, blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, a day later, it turns out that they were beans, right? Which is maybe something that's more desirable than a box of dirt. I guess who's to say? Not me. Um, but Ryan, what what do you think? Um, what do you think their intention or plan was by revealing that dirt? Do you did you think that that would crash? I thought it would crash it. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it would crash the floor price. If I got airdropped a, a picture of dirt and every single one was the same. Yeah, maybe it's an April fool joke. And that's what I thought it was. But if I was holding that and it was worth 15 to $20,000, there's no way I would hold on. Like that could have just been an April fool's joke. They don't owe anybody to airdrop something valuable. They could have just airdropped dirt. Obviously that would hurt yeah. the brand, but I would have sold it just like you said. <laughs> Luckily it was just an April fool's joke and they did airdrop something a little bit cooler. Hopefully I think the floor mm -hmm. price has gone up since then. I don't really know like how they're going to use this within the Zuki ecosystem. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really so, interesting. Go ahead. Let's Logan. back it up a little bit. Yeah. We got it. We got a comment from Christian Gallagher. He says, super newbie here. Can you explain a crypto airdrop, Ryan? What the heck is a crypto airdrop to begin with? Okay, so there's a lot of different types of airdrops, but essentially it's getting money into your crypto wallet in the form of either NFTs or a cryptocurrency. And it's usually to incentivize early users of an ecosystem or NFT holders. Currently, we're seeing NFTs get airdrops a lot more often than cryptocurrency holders, but we've seen like people who use Uniswap, for example, really early on got an airdrop of the token. Same with ENS domains, same with DYDX and a few others. The most recent was the ApeCoin airdrop, at least to my knowledge. 
knowledge, but essentially they're incentivizing people to, you know, try out these different networks, try out their ecosystem, just dabble around and they don't want to issue securities too. So they don't want to do an ICO in case their tokens of security because then they can get in a lot of legal trouble, uh, as you can see by XRP and a few of these other ICOs from 2017. So now they're airdropping their tokens out, which is great for users. There's no investment by the user, right? So they can hold onto these tokens for free. Hopefully it's not a security, but I mean, right now it's a total gray area, right? It's going to be interesting to see what actually comes of all this. If these tokens can still be securities, if they're airdropped out to the community. So Ryan, you're telling me that these crypto products are just giving away free money to people who use their app. Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what it is. It's a little bit more complicated because markets have to be made. The token has to have some type of value, right? They can't just airdrop you a token that nobody will buy. So there's that to be considered. Some airdrops are valueless. Some airdrops are worth 50, 100 bucks. And at that point, it's not even worth claiming because you have to remember the Ethereum mainnet, the gas fees are 50 to 100 bucks to claim an airdrop. So one of the most important factors is, does the token actually have value? Is there utility behind it? And that's really for the market to decide. A lot of these tokens don't have much utility right now, but there could be future utility. And certainly people want to invest in, say, ENS domains, the, the future of domains on Ethereum, as well as some of these others. I mean, ApeCoin could be going up. It could be going down. But at the, at the same time, uh, it, it's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how the markets play out over time. Uh, usually when airdrops happen, they're really volatile because no one really knows what the market price is, right? Right, Ryan. So, uh, you know, that's what Uniswap is for. Decentralized exchanges, you can make a market right after this token comes out. As soon as it's issued on the blockchain, you can make a market for it. You don't need to wait for Coinbase, whoever, to add it to start trading it, right? Um, that's one of the unique aspects of DeFi and of blockchains that make airdrops feasible to begin with, right? Because if you airdropped everybody this valueless token, you had to wait uh, you know, one, you have to make them pay the gas fee to claim it. And then two, they can't sell it uh, until it gets listed on exchanges, you know, who knows when, right? Uh, it wouldn't be as viable as a model. That being said, Ryan, uh, for people who are new, just learning about crypto airdrops, what are some things you could do to try to get some yourself? So the most important thing I'd say to do is get a MetaMask wallet because that's the easiest way to interact with most of these decentralized You mean an Ethereum wallet, Ryan? Uh, an Ethereum wallet, yeah, but more so a MetaMask wallet because... What's it, a MetaMask wallet, bro? It's not a blockchain. Okay, I, I forgot. I need to speak to you like you're a beginner, Logan. So MetaMask wallet is an Ethereum wallet. You can get it on Google Chrome. It's super easy. It gives you your seed phrase, which is just a span of, of different, uh, different words you can use to recover your wallet. Uh, that's basically all you have to do. It takes a couple minutes to get a MetaMask wallet on your laptop or on your PC. And then once you have that wallet, it's ready to go. You don't have to make an account. You don't have to put your name in. Uh, there's no KYC. You just send crypto to your wallet. And once you're there, I mean, all the walls are down. It's not like you have to use Coinbase for one thing or FTX for another or crypto.com. You have your crypto wallet. You have your Ethereum or your Ethereum tokens in your crypto wallet. And then you can go on to any of these applications, mess around with them. Uh, like I said, though, the gas fees are pretty high. So expect to pay $10 to $100 to you know, do anything on Ethereum. But you can also get airdrops on other networks. So if you don't want to be spending those high gas fees, you can try and find some airdrops on Solana or Polygon or some of these cheaper networks. That being said, though, the, the high value airdrops are typically on Ethereum's network. So I'm going to be a little bit of a stickler for a second, just because there are new people out there. Uh, I, I want to make it clear, there is no such thing as a MetaMask wallet. All Ethereum wallets are native to Ethereum. They don't hold coins in them. The coins are stored on the blockchain. They're associated with your wallet address 
on the blockchain. MetaMask uh, and other wallet applications are simply just interfaces to interact with your Ethereum wallet. So if you make an Ethereum wallet using MetaMask, they'll take care of the dirty work for you. They'll give you your seed phrase, uh, which you should just drop in the comments right away. Just kidding. Just don't do not do that. Write it down on a piece of paper uh, and put it in a safe place that only you know about. Maybe make another copy. Um, but, you know, these words are equivalent to your funds, to your money. Uh, all you need to, to access that Ethereum wallet are those words, right? So be careful. Take proper caution of those. Uh, but, but definitely do try to make an Ethereum wallet. You know, send 20 bucks over there and start messing around. Um, that That's... You know how I think both of us started, and we've we've cleared what fifty k plus on airdrops so far. Not too shabby. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like if you would have told me a year ago, I would have hit you. I would have <laughs> said you're an idiot. And you know you just keep messing around with different stuff, and sometimes those people will reward you, right? Um, that's a cool thing about crypto is that we're so early. Um, the you know the companies, the teams that are creating these projects really like to reward the people that. Uh, got their hands dirty, right? So creating your own wallet uh, that you have custody of as opposed to one that Coinbase controls for you uh, is the best way to start connecting with DeFi apps. I mean, you can even use like Coinbase wallet. That is a self-custody wallet where you have your own private key and it connects to decentralized applications uh, right through the Coinbase wallet app. Pretty good interface there too. Not sponsored in particular, but Good stuff. All right. Um, please feel free to drop any more questions. Uh, we are kind of speaking another language. So any clarifying questions, we'd be happy to answer. Um, all right, Ryan, let's get back to Azuki. That's how we got off on this long tangent. Um, so Azuki did their airdrop. I'll share an OpenSea window with you right now. We can take a look. Uh, but Azuki really came out of nowhere. I think the floor price was around 10 ETH last week. And it said, see ya. Now it's at 27. It went to like 32 for a brief moment. Um, obviously, lots of people wanted to take profits. And, you know, with 32 ETH, you can get a really nice mutant and become part, or of, a part validator of the board club. Or a validator <laughs> node. And talk about long-term, uh, you know, investment. Um, but I really like, oh, I'm not even sharing the screen. What a shame. I've done this before, I promise. Um, I like the Azukis. I'll go back to the chart because that's what I was pretending to show. Uh, okay, so yeah, as you can see, floor price was like, you know, well below 10 ETH um, just a couple weeks ago. Really, really, really took off with this airdrop. Um, I guess people like dirt, man. I don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I got some FOMO and everybody's on Twitter talking about their FOMO from Azuki's. Logan, you remember the show like three months ago when I was looking at the Azuki beans and they were like 1.5 ETH before they actually revealed. And I'm like, ah, I kind of want one of these Azuki's, but you know, I'd rather spend my money on a killer girlfriend for whatever reason. So that was a little bit after. That's not actually why I didn't get one. Um, I wanted to see the art and then it shot up after the art was released. It was really cool. And, I mean, it's kind of similar to Oni Force, which we saw crash, which is kind of interesting. Usually like the first of an NFT collection and the, the Oni, for, Oni Force was the first NFT collection, at least to my knowledge, that had like the side profile profile picture NFT collection. And then now we see that with Azuki and that's the, the second one out there. So it's interesting to see that Azuki was able to overtake Oni Force, even though Oni mm. Force was the first collection of its kind like that. 
Yeah, I like Oni 4s. It was definitely the original, but Azuki's art is just way more attractive to me personally. Um, <laughs> girlfriends are too expensive. We are short on uh, GI GIRL. Um, <laughs> so we got another interesting comment out here. How would you recommend bringing nice ha nice hash ni nice hash mind BTC to? Uh, if you are if you feel confident. Once you get to that point where you feel confident to keep it in cold storage, I would do that. Something like a ledger or a trezor is the way to go. But you can even just, you know, generate your own seed phrase and keep it fully unhosted. Keep it only which in you your should brain. do, and you should withdraw your funds every day or every couple days, because both me and Logan got hacked on NiceHash back in high school mining Dashcoin. Yeah, that hurt. So make sure to actually do that. Transfer those funds into a wallet that you actually own. Because if you don't, your funds are definitely at risk. It happened to me. It happened to Logan. It was actually the only time I've ever gotten hacked on crypto. Knock on wood. But yeah, keep your funds in a wallet. Be safe about it. Definitely do that. Yeah, dude, I had forgotten that we got hacked like that. Now I'm just sad. Um, all right. Are you long or short WIFE though? That's the question. <laughs> Uh, follow up, Ryan. How how does one acquire a killer girlfriend? You go on OpenSea, and uh, they're probably like half an ETH right now. And then you can say you have a killer girlfriend. No one's gonna know what you're talking about. You're gonna sound really weird, but it'll be funny to you, and that's what matters. And maybe that's even worth half an ETH. <laughs> probably right. not though. <laughs> Quick little walkthrough, because I know you guys need to know this. If you're watching a crypto show, you need to know how to get a girlfriend. Killer girlfriend. Dude, imagine if you're watching a crypto show, but you know what's even worse? If you're hosting a crypto show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, what blockchain are these on, man? What the heck is this? Oh, I have no idea. Clay? Look up KGF. Oh, okay. Getting fished. KGF. This one? No, it's the same thing. Dude, did they get delisted or something? I have no idea. I haven't kept up since I sold it. Girlfriends are off the market. Should have shorted. If you don't have FOMO right now, I don't know, man. Uh, all right, Ryan, you got some Board Ape Yacht Club merch. What happened with that? Yeah, I wanna, I wanna actually show you guys what the merch shop was like. There's a link in the in the doc, but it was really interesting. Hey, man, you so, can you can share a screen too. You know, I actually can't because I'm not a get. Oh wait, I I can actually. Yeah, cool. Never mind. Never mind. Let me hop on over, share my screen. Uh, window. Okay, we're getting close. Patrick Starr in the chat wants to know, is AB the leader of your group? Of course. Yeah, he's the CEO. CEO of Benzinga. <laughs> So Logan, this was the drop and I found it really interesting because I thought it would be open to everybody. It was only open to holders of Board Ape Yacht Club and Mutant Ape Yacht Club. And not only that, but mutants could only get certain mutant merch and then apes could only get certain Board Ape merch. So that was really interesting. And I haven't really seen resale prices. I don't think there's really a market for it yet. But here you can see like some of the different designs. I thought they were pretty cool. They caught flack on Twitter a lot, but I think these bored to death ones are really cool. Uh, these ones were only for board apes The mutant apes got these uh, and these ones here. I ended up picking up this Adam hat right here. 
I got this hoodie and then I got a couple t-shirts as well. It's pretty interesting how they did it. And they only accepted ApeCoin, which was really cool. Uh, and it, it helped a lot of us that aren't super liquid. You know, not, not everyone has cash to spend. But all of these NFT holders have ApeCoin to spend because they were just airdropped ApeCoin. So I was able to get away with, I think it was two hoodies. Um, these two right here, two t-shirts. I think it was, they're not on here. I got this one and one other one. Uh, and then I didn't get this hoodie. I got this one. I got this one in the corner. Anyways, I got like five, six different things. Spent 17 ApeCoin. Essentially free to me, but opportunity cost. So you got to consider that. I thought it was really cool though. The, this tweet here, it's asking, it's by Giancarlo next supreme and kind of a sick face i don't think he really liked the merch but i think it could be the next supreme i mean it's really hyped up stuff and if you need an nft to continue getting this merch that's just one more reason to end up holding uh either a board ape or a mutant ape so i thought that was pretty interesting but logan oh my god logan you look way different you dyed your hair and you got some better clothes oh burn <laughs> aaron what do you think uh, about this board ape yacht club merch that's out drippy uh, or no I I'm not sold. Well, if I if I were like you, Ryan, and I had eight coin to spend, I probably would have bought some. Um, but but it, it's can I? Is it like open to the public? Like can I buy it without the eight coin, or do you need the eight coin? No, you you needed the eight coin, and not only that, but you had to be holding either a board ape or a mutant ape. And you couldn't get board ape merch if you had a mutant, and you couldn't get any board ape or mutant ape merch if you only had a board ape. So that yeah, that's what makes it kind of swaggy to me. Is that it's like exclusive. I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to pull it up again. I didn't get a good look at it. Okay. We'll do. Maybe we can... Yeah, I mean, if you really want to uh, go for that right now, AOAB, I think your mic might be off. Yo, uh, Ryan could hear you, but I think it was through my microphone. Can you hook Bree up for me, AT? Kyle wants to know when he gets his trivia weed hat. Um... Soon. I mean, that was that was last week, Kyle. Give it a sec. Shipping, shipping, supply chain issues. You know, you know how it goes. Um, <laughs> it's fucking Putin's fault, man. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I think all like the, I think the more some of these NFT projects come into like clothing, like things like that, like ways they can be culturally spread, uh, will be good news for those NFT projects. Because when it's just. Um, you know, it's it's easy on like Twitter and Discord and stuff to like share uh, which NFTs you're buying, pictures of them, or if they're gifts, whatever. But if you go to like a party or something and you're wearing that, and someone wants to, like know about, it, like that's a good like conversation starter and a good way to get someone who may not be already involved in those uh, Twitter and those Discords to like find out about these projects. For sure, and I think it incentivizes long-term holders too. If you really believe in the brand, then it could become something huge. And I mean, it could be a clothing brand. And you can see that same thing with like Jordans and Supreme, the really early Jordans that came out in like 1995, same with Supreme, like those are worth the most. So I'm sure some people will be holding and actually just speculating on these clothes, keeping them dead stock, waiting to sell them 10, 15 years down the line. And I mean, if the brand really takes off and it's still here 10 years down the line, it could be worth a lot of money, especially because stock numbers were so low. I mean, most of the merch was 5,000 pieces or less, which is rarer than a board ape. All right, I got a meme for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is, Ryan. I mean, we both have board ape yacht club merch. How often do people mention it? Mention what? If you wear your board ape yacht club oh. hoodie, do people know? 
Uh, I've probably gotten like two comments outside of Miami. And when, to, when I went to Miami for like three days, I think I got like four comments on it. Wow. So, yeah, you guys it really going depends on, on where you weekend? are. Logan yeah, is. I'm going tomorrow. If you're going to be down in Miami for Bitcoin 2022, make sure to send me a DM on Twitter and let me know so we can try to link up at some point. If you guys are interested, if there's enough of y'all down there, maybe we'll do a little bit. A uh, little Benzinga meetup. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, but should we talk about stocks? I know that's why we got AB on, other than to, you know, just oversee all of our operations and make sure that we're doing a good job. But AB, could you share some of your stock insights with us? First of all, I, I don't really know all too much about crypto stocks. I hold coin, uh, but that's about it. What What does the landscape look like? So... There's been a few different waves in the stock market uh, with with crypto stocks and uh, even NFT stocks specifically. So we can discuss both. Um, and I'm not quite sure this is my first time on this screen. So I don't know like how to share my screen or whatnot, but maybe Rohan or someone can help me out. Um, and I will. Um, so, so basically, I can get you if you need. OK, basically what we had happen, uh, you know. Everyone knows Coinbase. That's the biggest one. And that's actually the, the stock that I want to talk about um, today because I, I was actually talking about it before you guys asked if I wanted to talk about crypto stocks. And here's why. Bitcoin over the last 24 hours is down, I want to say like one and a half percent last time I checked. Um, and I'm just going off Google find. Oh, wow. We actually had a little, uh, little leg down from the last time I checked. So Bitcoin is now down. Two and a half percent over the last 24 hours. This is just according to, to Google Finance. When I Google Bitcoin price, that's my go-to. It's easy. Google's easy. You just type in Bitcoin price and it pops up. Um, also, wait, so can I share my screen or no? I have the Bitcoin chart up there right now. If you want, I can just pull up whatever you need. If you join the restream, you can share your screen though. Yeah, but I don't know how to do that. All right. I got you covered then. All right. Here, here's what I want you to do. Go to Google. Mm -hmm. this, this is what I think is interesting. All right, so if you just Google Bitcoin price. Boom. Google has this little cool chart that pops up right there. It's like built into Google software. It's, a lot, it's the same with a lot of stocks. Now, here's where things get interesting. Google Ethereum price. What? No chart. Nothing. No they give no love to Ethereum. But now, Google Dogecoin price. I'm like so intrigued right now. What? So Dogecoin gets a chart on Google, but Ethereum doesn't? That's blasphemous. That pisses me off. But that anyway, really does. That really back, does. Back to my point. Um, Bitcoin down uh, about 2% in the last 24 hours. Coinbase's stock is actually up today. Uh, again, last time I checked. Let me check it again. Yeah, Coinbase's stock is up about 2% today. Usually Coinbase and Bitcoin um, trade or, or, or Coinbase follows Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin is having a good day, Coinbase is having a good day. And here's where um, people get a little tripped up because Coinbase is an exchange. They make money when people trade Bitcoin. Even if there are more sellers than buyers, people are or, or Coinbase is making money. But with that said, and we've gotten this data um, from Coinbase's from other exchanges, in times where Bitcoin is going down, what happens is traders, there's just less volume overall. Traders like leave the market. When we saw Bitcoin have that big, um, 
dipped down from its highs in November down to it got all the way down to what like thirty six thousand before it bounced back uh, uh, in the last like couple months. Um, Coinbase, it, it's it's trader, its volume that it was trading had dropped a bunch. So that's why the stock moves down when Bitcoin's moving down. Even if even if Coinbase is still making money, it's just the assumption that oh, if Bitcoin goes down, there's going to be less people trading Bitcoin. So I like Coinbase here, and I see today as a very good sign that Coinbase's stock is up while Bitcoin price is down. Because I think what investors are seeing is just that the overall trend right now is uh, more and more people coming in. And even though Bitcoin's down 2%, all Bitcoin really needs to do is like not have one of those big corrections, like one of those big uh, 20%, 20% drop or something that really brings people out of the market little ebbs and flows you know little down days where you know followed by it by a greater trend up which I, I expect bitcoin to continue its uptrend um will not shake people out of the market what shakes people out of the markets are uh the and if you can you pull up bitcoin's chart real quick on this uh mm -hmm. on uh google and just go to the five year or yeah we're on here either way i'm just All looking right. at google so it's easy Coming right up. Aaron, do you think that people see Coinbase as an NFT play yet? Or do you think that's going to happen maybe once Coinbase releases their NFT platform? Because NFTs are hot right now. That could be another reason the stock's going up. I think that some people are have seen that, you know, potential Coinbase has announced that they are investing in the NFT space. They're going to put out their own exchange that could act as a sort of... Um, you know, OpenSea competitor. I think it will take a while to see just how big that ends up being for Coinbase because there are sometimes um, big companies like Coinbase will roll out something like that to try to compete with someone. Uh, and it either like works really well that they're like, holy cow, we're getting uh, this much trading volume. So yeah, right there's Logan is perfect. You can see, oh, yeah, you can see right there, those two big red candles. Uh, and one was after we hit like, yeah, when was that first one? So this was in May of last year. Um, we got up to 65K and then did a nice little retrace, which I could try to... Uh, so both of those times in May of 2021 and then later in November of 2021 when we hit highs like above 65K, that followed by big, big uh, corrections. You know, I'm talking like 20, 30% corrections. Try 54%. Try 54%. <laughs> Those are the type. And, and we could see it with like, you know, there are charts out there that you can Google for Coinbase active trading volume. Just completely diminished. So I don't, I'm not even saying like for Coinbase's stock to do well right now, Bitcoin doesn't need to get back up to 70K or whatever. It would help. Sure, Coinbase would probably be back in the 300s if Bitcoin's at, at 65K. I just think Bitcoin needs to kind of hold its ground, hold its level. If we don't see one of those big corrections, I expect Coinbase's um, stock to do really well. And honestly, out of all the stocks there are to play it, uh, that's how I'd want to do it. Because, And we can get into the miners real quick. There's just too much variation to me between the miners, right? It's hard um, for me to like look into the different miners and determine who... Uh, which the best play is there. I will say there are a few that are impressive. Um, BTBT, I know, was doing some really bit digital. They, they were mining 
Uh, because basically, like for the Bitcoin mining stocks, and I don't know if you guys know any about these companies, but like when I'm looking at them, the main thing I'm looking at is how many Bitcoin are you mining? And they were mining like six Bitcoin a day or so. And then like when you did the market cap of their stock, it was like, wait, they only need to mine this much Bitcoin for like a year for you to like, get your money back. So it seemed like a good investment, but I haven't done too much due diligence into these mining stocks. I think Coinbase spreads its feet farther too, because it's not like you have to have Bitcoin to succeed for Coinbase to succeed, or you need Ethereum to succeed for Coinbase to succeed. Whereas with miners, if they're only mining Ethereum, Ethereum has to succeed for that company to succeed. Coinbase, I mean, people will just go trade Solana if Ethereum ends up failing. And if Bitcoin ends up failing, you know, maybe they'll mine Dash or Decred or some other cryptocurrency. So I think Coinbase has more staying power than some of these mining companies, especially when you're looking at Ethereum mining, because that's going to be that's going to be gone in like three months from now. Yeah, I think that a lot of another thing that people tend to forget when it comes to Coinbase is that they are the number one validator for Ethereum 2.0. They're earning boatloads of interest on staking this ETH. They take a fee from the millions of people that are, uh, you know, using their platform to stake under 32 ETH. They take a cut of that. So they're going to be making infinite money forever on validating the Ethereum network. They'll be one of the biggest validators maybe until, you know, 20, 30 years from now. And, and nobody really looks at that. They're like Coinbase is probably more of an Ethereum mining company than it is an exchange long term. Uh, and, and NFT marketplace more than a fungible token marketplace long term. For those reasons, I've been a holder of Coinbase for quite a long time, um, and I'm going to continue to hold it. I've been bullish on it forever. I think nobody realizes that they have so many different revenue streams uh, that are about to just start printing like mad. Yeah, and then back to your point, Ryan, on the on the NFT marketplace for Coinbase. I mean, it's I I like that, and I like that they're you know, competing with OpenSea there and they're trying to get more in the NFT space. It, Like I said, I think it will just take a while to see, um, again, how popular... It sh- they shouldn't have any problem making that immediately the second most popular place. I'd to- say first. They have 3 million on their wait list. OpenSea has less than a million monthly users. Really? Yeah. Okay, so there you go. I mean, and and if if Coinbase comes in and their platform works as well, if not better than OpenSea, then they should have no no problem taking them on. Yep. Um, we'll see that as very bullish for Coinbase. Because if you think about just like the total uh, um, volume traded in the NFT space, I don't know like what kind of percentage OpenSea is taking off the top. But even if Coinbase says they take like 1% of all mm-hmm. NFTs transacted on their platform, that's going to end up being billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. OpenSea takes two and a half percent and they were recently valued at $13.3 billion in a Series C funding round. So that's no small beans. Coinbase is worth like $40 billion. So OpenSea is worth like 25% of Coinbase. If Coinbase can take over and be the leading NFT marketplace, I could see that adding $15, $20 billion to their valuation once we start seeing those numbers and that revenue start rolling through. Yeah, and then I'm looking at some of the just like more stock metrics of coinbase the pe is 13 mm-hmm. like it's very low like it's it's, yeah. it's it's a cheap stock right now um in a space that is typically very expensive and, and just in terms of growth and mm-hmm. uh you know tech in general so i again i know it's boring and i'm sorry but if i had to pick one crypto stock to buy right now it would be coinbase um, and like I said, the only thing that would worry me about Coinbase right here, and I think the only thing that can, of course, Coinbase's stock can go down, you know, another 
5% in the next week or 10% in the next three weeks. But I think the only thing stopping Coinbase's stock from going down another, I mean, it, it, it's down like 40% in the last year. I think the only thing keeping it from going down substantially is if Bitcoin, uh, if we do get one of those big corrections in Bitcoin, because again, all that will do is just, you know, diminish the trading volume, but not forever. You know, not like we've seen that it just goes through cycles, right? The, pe the people leave and then when Bitcoin's doing well, they come back. So um, again, I think Coinbase is a, is a good investment here because um, here's the three scenarios I see. I see if Bitcoin, and, and I'm just saying Bitcoin, but I mean Bitcoin, Ethereum, and basically all the big cryptos. If they kind of hang out where they are, continue chopping, I think Coinbase's stock will slowly rise because it's it's cheap compared to other um, stocks on the market. Um, I think it'll be attractive for its growth potential. Um, that that's one. If Bitcoin and the big cryptos kind of maintain steady, or if they if they just remain choppy, I think Coinbase's stock will slowly grow. Two, the second scenario is if Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, and the big cryptos do get one of those big corrections, then I think we'll see a big correction in Coinbase. And then three is if Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the big, all the big cryptos take off again, then I think we see Coinbase. Um, I don't know about like when we'll go back to previous all-time highs, but back above 300. Easy, easy. Yeah, I agree. The, the one thing that concerns me that I want to point out is, is that uh, Coinbase is in you know bottom discovery mode right now uh it has yet to find a bottom and recover from it since the ipo right so we had this one we broke down into new all-time lows uh and, and you know currently the all-time low sits at about 150 bucks but there's no support to stop it from going lower so say that we do see some massive type of correction in btc uh you know your guess is as good as mine where the floor is on this. That being said, fundamentals uh, and crypto market as a whole, um, I am really, really, really bullish on Coinbase personally. And, you know, as a disclaimer, I am long, right? Long and strong, baby. Yeah, I'm long <laughs> Coinbase too. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, if there are any other stocks, I don't know if anyone in the chat has any questions about some crypto stocks. I kind of... I. I'm not an expert when it comes to the mining stocks. All right, Ryan, I, mean, I got a comment for you. People are saying Bitcoin is going to a million. Is this just clickbait? Is this possible? Mm -hmm. uh, what, are, what are we comparing the market cap of Bitcoin to? I think Bitcoin will go to a million dollars. I mean, to be the same market cap as gold, I think it has to get to around five hundred fifty to six hundred thousand dollars. So, I mean, we still have a huge room to grow if Bitcoin actually takes off to the point of what it's trying to achieve, which I think it already kind of has proven its use case. And now it's just the point where we need to get more institutions and in, we need to get more governments and we need to get more retail traders in. But more and more of these people are coming in. And like Aaron said earlier, I mean, people might not care about it when the price goes down for a couple of years, but it'll go back up eventually and then we'll get more and more new people some of them will stick around some of them will come back next cycle but i think long term especially with lightning network i mean we already see bitcoin being used as a currency in some third world countries that could take off and then who knows where bitcoin could go uh, to get past at least to get well past a million dollars i think bitcoin would have to be used as some form of currency uh, whether that's in like just a few countries or a lot either that or be like a global reserve currency right so something really big like that to go like multi-millions of dollars but just 
taking over the use case of gold, I think Bitcoin could get to a million dollars because right now, Logan, how are you going to go buy gold? It's kind of hard. It's it's not that hard, but it's kind of hard, right? It's a lot easier. My point is it's a lot easier to get Bitcoin and you can buy a very small fraction of Bitcoin. You can get one dollar of Bitcoin if you want. And I know people that do that, right? It's very accessible and you don't have to be on a certain market to get it either. You don't have to be in the US. You don't have to be in North America even. You can be anywhere with the internet connection and be able to buy Bitcoin, store that value and then cash it out at a later point in time. So I, I honestly think it's going to be inevitable that we reach a million dollar Bitcoin. Uh, that being said, I mean, laser eyes, let's focus on 100K first. Who knows where we go first? But I mean, 100K first and then a million. That's pretty clear. I think a million is definitely uh, in the cards, but I think it's about 20 years away. What's your time frame, Ryan? Yeah, it's probably around 15 to 30 years away, I'd say. Yep. Uh, all right. Where do you think it will be laser eyes on this year? Where do you think we're going to see prices uh, at the end of the year and then maybe the highs of the year? That's really tough to say. I mean, we could see some catalysts come about and then crypto goes to six figures for Bitcoin, maybe 10 to 15K for Ethereum this year. But if it doesn't, I think next year we could go even higher. My price target for Bitcoin by the end of the market cycle is $120,000 to $200,000. I think $200,000 might be a little bit optimistic, but I really do think we will break that six-figure mark, which may come this year. It might come next year. Uh, but like I said, Logan, I think it's coming. Yeah, I agree with you. Next 12 months, we will see six-figure Bitcoin. Uh, not financial advice, but I'm totally going to repost this clip when I'm right. <laughs> Uh, AB, do you have any price targets on Bitcoin? Um, I mean, it, it just depends on time frame, right? I wouldn't be surprised if we hit 100,000 some point in the next couple of years. But as as we start talking about, you know, 250K, 500,000, I don't know. I think we could be a couple of years mm -hmm. or, you know, years out from that. But yeah. um, it just really depends. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, we'll we, we'll see, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, well, like Ryan said, the, like we need institutions and we need way more millionaires to come into this space before something like that is even possible. Uh, and, and before institutions can really come in um, with size, they need regulatory guidelines on how to do it without going to jail. Uh, so once these come out, which should be within the next um, you know, two months, hopefully sooner than that, uh, I think we'll also see Coinbase NFT within that time frame. They might also be waiting on regulatory guidelines. Uh, I tend to think so. Uh, why would they be delaying this profitable revenue stream otherwise? Um, I, I think that that will be some some crazy, crazy catalysts. Um, but yeah, w looking for regulation, I think that we'll see the run um, to six figures, not before we get this big regulation. Yeah, and again, it's all like it, uh, all these long-term macro trends are so dependent on what's happening in the world, right? We we haven't really seen. I mean, we've seen crypto's role, right, in the the geopolitical unrest in Russia, Ukraine, um, whatnot. But it's not out of the question to say, like, you know, say, God forbid, whatever, have, you know, more European countries get involved in this, like, you know, that more and more people are relying on Bitcoin, thus driving the price up. Like, I'm not hoping that Bitcoin's price goes up in a matter like that where there's like chaos around the world. But that's something where I could see mm -hmm. being uh, one of these like macro trends that we can't really foresee, but like a black swan event mm -hmm. that could either push 
Bitcoin forward and, and you know into higher prices or maybe vice versa you know who knows logan yeah. you have a pretty cool thesis on that don't you yeah in uh, terms of a uh, usd collapsing and not being the global reserve currency and that being the black swan event that really takes bitcoin off to the next step in its life so here, here's what i think that most people are missing is that the black swan event happened in 1971 um, and they're looking for it to happen again, but they, you know, they don't realize the fiat risk. Uh, you know, it's like, how much energy does it take to secure Bitcoin? How much energy does it take to secure fiat? You know, all the national armies add together that energy. That's how much it costs, right? Um, the, the black swan event happened when we, you know, moved away from hard money. It, you know, as Ray Dalio would say from type two to type three money, that's not backed by any hard asset. Um, this has happened time and time and time and time again over history, and it always results with the collapse of the global reserve and the transition to a new one. Um, I think that the Chinese renminbi will become the global reserve currency before Bitcoin does. That being said, I also think that we're going to see a variety of global reserve currencies 10 years from now, as opposed to just the US dollar. Um, yeah, that's my take on it. Like, and to AB's point is like, uh, I had this realization that, um, you know, perhaps the the price run that everybody in crypto has been, you know, hoping for for the longest time is driven by some type of, you know, mass panic. Right? We saw Russians adopt crypto, uh, you know, overnight when they needed to. We saw the Ukrainian army adopt crypto overnight when they needed to. Um, you know, you know, it's a bit scary of an idea that. Uh, the people who are going to be buying over $100,000 might be the people who can't afford to be buying it over $100,000. Um, but time will tell. I mean, this this is the market, right? Yes. And to answer Christian's question, the 1971 Black Swan event is when we went off the gold standard um, and broke the deal that made the U.S. dollar the global reserve currency to begin with. Dun, dun, dun. Shout out Fiat. In Patrick Starr's humble opinion, Doge might be the dollar and Bitcoin will be gold. That be I mean, I could see Bitcoin replacing gold. I think that's a lot easier feat than something replacing the dollar. But I think Bitcoin could give currency the run for its money if its lightning network really takes off. But we have yet to really see that. We're starting to, though. I mean, pilot programs essentially in El Salvador right now, right? Yeah, and, and that's already done like really, really, really well. Um, they, within a month, there were more Salvadorans on Bitcoin than bank accounts, right? You know, 70, 80% of the, the entire population had never had a bank account, uh, but now they can have Bitcoin. Like for, for the first time ever, for the majority of the population, someone in their family had an account balance for the first time ever. And that's yeah. just huge, right? Yeah. And it's like easy to not see that, um, you know, in America where everybody has bank accounts and access to things like that. Uh, but you know, if you zoom out, I think this is one of the driving factors of adoption we'll see long-term. Logan, do you know anything about BBIG? It seems to be that Kyle might be a little bit overexposed right now with 87% of their portfolio in the stock. I'm not familiar with it. Aaron, you're the stock guy. Maybe, you know, uh, but I can't really speak to this one. Yeah, BBIG is a biotech play. Or no, wait, sorry. Vinco Ventures? Vinco Ventures. I was thinking of BIIB. Um, BIIB is a biotech play, Biogen. 
BBIG, uh, Vinco Ventures, we've actually had uh, the chairman, CEO, uh, Farnsworth, Ted Farnsworth, on the show before. Um, it is an interesting company. Oh, wait, can you pull a comment back up? Yeah, there's a follow-up right here, too. Uh, but I can show the original. Oh, he's, we're getting three minutes. He's talking about, uh, so, Lomotive, <laughs> it's, it's, it kind of sounds like a medicine, too. I think that's why I thought it was a biotech play. Um, but Lomotive is actually a TikTok competitor that's really big in India. So BBIG, the idea is that you're kind of getting exposure to like an emerging market, um, potentially like somewhat of a, a TikTok play, and they've got some other things going for them. But um, at the end of the day, it's just one of those stocks that's like a, 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 a huge risk, right? You, it's $3 a share right now. Um, you could buy shares right now, and they could be $30 three months ago, you know, because this stock has run before and some, some re, you know, we've, we've seen some short squeezes, actually the highs around like 10 bucks. Um, or it could be cut in half. It could be a buck 50. So I, I wouldn't do anything more than this than just like a, a speculative bet. Alrighty. Uh, we are just about out of time. So I want to make one quick shout out. If you guys are interested in crypto NFTs and just like talking to cool people in the space, five o'clock today, we have a, a newer show here on Benzinga called Web3 Anarchy, just talking to the coolest people in the space, whether you're doing NFTs or, you know, work for the government, whatever it might be. Today, we have somebody that I'm beyond, beyond, beyond excited for. Uh, and so let me just give you a little sneak peak right now um so at, at five o'clock here on benzinga's youtube channel we will be interviewing ill mind ill mind is coming out with an nft collection but before he got into nfts he produced songs for the likes of j cole drake uh kendrick lamar kanye west eminem uh you know Nicki minaj khalid jay-z you name it, you have heard a song by this dude. He is an absolute legend in the space, and he is getting into the NFT game, trying to put together a community of music producers uh, and, and talent, sort of like the Hearts Project, um, which maybe I'll have to ask him about today if I uh, can do anything other than just, you know, quote song lyrics uh, and fanboy. But if you guys are interested in that, make sure you... Uh, check it out, 5 p.m. Eastern today in two hours from now. Uh, so stay tuned, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. If you learned something, leave a like. AB, uh, any other closing thoughts for us? Um, You know, just, hey, stay optimistic, stay long and strong, whether that means you're long uh, Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, Inu coin, or the S&P 500, just know that Charts can only go up in the end. Diamond I'm just hands. kidding. That is not uh, not financial advice, <laughs> nor true, nor true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my final thoughts as far as crypto stocks go, Coinbase is my way to go. It's really, I think, uh, I think it's the only way to go if you're looking to get into crypto stocks. There are a couple more interesting ones. Maybe on a on a subsequent one, we can do some like you know more more um, like diamond in the rough mm. crypto plays. Sounds awesome, Ryan. Any thoughts for us? I'm still thinking about how I shilled Bitcoin to a million dollars today. It'll be a good one to timestamp 15 <laughs> years down the road. We'll go back to this one. We'll say it finally happened. And thanks for watching. <laughs>
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.